back here on After Hours, 913-586-7610. We'll do the Adelaide Field question at 8 o'clock, like we always do at 8 o'clock. That's what we do at 8 o'clock, the Adelaide Field question. So be sure to join, 913-586-7610. Sorry. Somebody says if we're talking about sleeves, I got a sleeve of Deep Eddie Lemon Shooters to drink. Ugh. Oof. I hope you have water. That sounds like a dehydration station. Although... The other day I played golf last Monday, um, or I guess this Monday. I had a fling can-crafted cocktail at Hoots Hollow. It was delicious. It was a lemon vodka or like a lemonade vodka. And that's normally not my, that's not my bag, baby. Um, but my goodness, was it, it was, man, it was refreshing. And I get a lot of scrutiny on the text line. I understand. It's fine. Sometimes I'm supposed to be a man's man. You're supposed to drink beer on a golf course apparently but you can't tell me that if you have a nice seltzer on a nice hot day and you're just stroking it it tastes nice i'll tell you this uh i'm not much of a drinker myself yeah but i go on float trips Every single year. Never been on one, I'm afraid. What? Never been on one. Oh, my. Me and you, this summer, you got to go. Nonetheless, yeah. I go on float trips every single year, mm-hmm. and that is the one time that I do drink, and it's usually something, you know, like a seltzer or mm-hmm. something like that because it is hot. We're on the water. We've been on the river for three hours, and yeah. it is one of the most refreshing drinks mm-hmm. that I've ever had. Oh, and yeah. I, I mean, I'm just not a beer drinker or a right. drinker in general, but it's just not your poison. Yeah, you're you're right. I yeah. got I got other poisons. Yeah, I think I have a lot of poisons. <laughs> I need to like depoison myself um, because the other night I was enjoying the patio, and for some stupid reason, I bought a forty five dollar pair of swim trunks, and they're tiny. They're like four inch inseam from a place called Chubby's, and they're pink with uh two can birds on them so i'm screwed i was like these are probably cool and i hit add to cart and i accidentally or on purpose hit purchase immediately after um aldi has a version of peanut butter patties that are pretty cheap and just as good as the girl scouts at a quarter of the price i know what you're talking about uh believe the package is yellow and it oh yeah yep i know exactly what you're talking about they are good. They used to only be 99 cents, by the way. They used to only be 99 cents. Now I think they're like $1.99. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But, yeah, they definitely had – Aldi definitely has the peanut butter patty. Also, don't sleep on Aldi's pizza. Aldi's got some good stuff, man. Somebody says, I drink blue Hawaiians all day. What's a blue Hawaiian? I don't know what that is. Either way. Um, I think the reason – a lot of us, because we, I think we'll eventually do this, right? Like, the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl every single year. Somebody says, you really need to get CDOT on one of them float trips. CDOT and I will be nowhere near a float trip. I'm afraid of the undertow. I'm afraid I'm going to get sucked under the river. I feel like I'm going to get bit by a snake. I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to be on a rock. I'm going to wake up with 90,000 mosquito bites, places I don't want a mosquito bite. I am like... I am like a hotel for mosquitoes. If I don't coat myself in some sort of repellent, I'm I wake up looking like I got bit or or sat on something poisonous. I'm dead serious. And I don't really want to sleep outside. I would pull my car up, put a, put my bed in the back of the hatch and turn the AC on all night risking the life of battery. Anyways, um but yeah, never been on a float trip. Call me what you want. I don't care. Um but this year's team, it felt like if you go back if we look into the future and we get into, you know, later on in Mahomes' career and you sit back and you think to yourself, you're like, oh, yeah, all the Super Bowls that he won. Let's say he wins six, right? Let's say he wins three more in ten more years or eight more years. I think this year is special beyond measure from any other team. Now, I know the first year a lot of people say, oh, that's the best one because they hadn't won one in so many years. They finally got over the edge. They came from behind and beat San Francisco. It was special. They ran Jet Chip Wasp, whatever, and and, and all that sort of thing. And, 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 yeah, that's cool, right? And everybody remembers where they were. And then the last one they won, or the second one they won, they beat Philadelphia. The only real true thing that they had to overcome, at least in my opinion, 
was like, is this team going to be good without Tyreek Hill? Okay. They did that. There was really no question throughout the year. Mahomes was the MVP. They had the number one offense. They had the number one passing offense. And they just kind of kept going. They didn't really look back. This year, to me, was different. And I know year one is is kind of parallel to this one. Or the first year they won one. Because you had the Houston Texans game where you were down, what, 24 to 0. Came back and won 50-something to 20-something. Ran out of fireworks. You played Cincinnati. Mahomes had the run. You came from behind, won that game. Went to the Super Bowl, won that game. Came from behind, whatever. So that was special. And that's a great year to reminisce on. But this one was different. Because this was one where I think every single fan, Chiefs or non-Chiefs fan, looked at this team from day one and thought, this is kind of a mess. And it goes back to training camp every day that Trish, Chris Jones missed. $50,000, $50,000, $50,000, $50,000. And your opinion of Chris Jones kind of changed. It got soured. And it really got soured when you watched him sit in that suite next to Horace and Boris, his two agents, that you know smell like some sort of Versace cologne. And they're watching that Detroit game on opening night and the Chiefs lose. And Chris Jones is in street clothes. And you're like, man, this is this is interesting. Oh, and Travis Kelsey's hurt. Oh. And then you think about all the storylines. And again, maybe we're prisoner of the moment. You know, maybe we're prisoner of the moment because it's so fresh. But man, adversity, anger, trust, revamp, all that happened in this Super Bowl run this year that I think goes underestimated and underrated. Because you went into this this season with an offensive game plan that you thought was going to work. Like, you thought MVS was going to be good for four to five targets a game, three to four catches a game, and be that guy, and he wasn't. The reports early on in the season, the Chiefs really see Kadarius Toney being a number one wide receiver. He wasn't. In fact, he was like wide receiver 100. And it took one week for this entire season of, of, of believers of Kadarius Toney to just be like, yeah, I don't know about that. That ain't that ain't what it's supposed to be. Now we know why the number one or a first-round draft pick has been let go and soon to be by two teams in four years. And then you look at what the national perspective was, which normally doesn't matter, but in this case it does. A lot of people are saying, oh, I don't know, Mahomes kind of showing that, that crybaby personality. Oh, he's throwing temper tantrums. Well, what's your breaking point, Phil? When do you lose your cool? And I'm not saying that everybody does. I'm sure some people are more cool, calm, and collected than most. But Mahomes and co. had so many issues throughout the year. Remember, you think about all the drops, and we haven't even gotten to the playoffs yet. You think about all the drops, all the adversity to go through, and all the, you know, and again, like I said, it doesn't matter what people say about you. That's not just about your team. That's just about you. As long as you know who you are and believe in what you have, it doesn't matter what Frank down the street has to say about you. Live your life. And the Chiefs knew that. And the one thing that I think is the most underrated aspect of this year's team is I think that there was a moment where Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were humbled. And I think it was in that New England game. I think it was the New England game. I think when they lost on Christmas Day, the way that they did to the Raiders, that was like the wake-up call. That was That's the most pathetic this offense has ever been under my watch. That's the most pathetic we've looked or felt throughout an entire game. This is our lowest point. We are broken. We need to be fixed. And then New England, they won. It wasn't pretty, but they won. And that was the last time we saw Kadarius Toney. Right? And I think at that very moment when he tipped that pass and it went to a defender and they picked it off and Mahomes goes back to the bench, still kind of pissed, throws his helmet a little bit hard against the ground and just sits there and says the F, man. I think at that very moment, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Nagy, all those guys got together and said, look, here's what we know works. Here's how we can make it work. Let's simplify it. Let's humble ourselves and all agree that what we thought was going to be our offense isn't. But we're all smart enough. We have the talent to be good enough. Let's just win our division and go one step at a time like we do every single year. And in a season where you had adversity, drops, anger, you know, 
a lot of depression with the way things were going and all of that sort of, you know, hoopla that surrounded this team, you then went into the playoffs. And as you go into the playoffs, right, you carry with you that target that is still on your back. But thanks, thanks, Dan Orlovsky guys. Thanks, guys, like Jeff Saturday. Thanks, guys, that don't trust that this team has what it can do to be successful in the playoffs, which is a good head coach and quarterback combination with a damn good defense, which is what they had all year long, which they'd never had. And once they figured it out, you saw what their path was to the Super Bowl or how they were going to have to get there. And, of course, the big bad wolf was saying, oh, man, I don't know. Patrick Mahomes is going to have to go on the road. He went on the road. Oh, he's going to have to go play in Baltimore, the best team in football. Can he win that game? He won that game. And then he's going to go into the Super Bowl as an underdog for the third consecutive week, right? A guy that was not the underdog for 17 weeks and then three of the last four weeks of the season, he's the underdog. Like that, it changes. In the playoffs where he excels and you beat the Dolphins with the number one offense, you beat the number one I'm sorry, the number two seed on the road in their house where they wanted you, everything they wanted, you beat them. And then you beat the number one seed in the AFC. And then to add all that together, you beat the number one seed, the San Francisco 49ers, the NFC. Where you were just so far beyond trained and perfected more than they were from everything. From a coin toss to a head coach to rules to situations to everything. I probably called timeout 15 times before they ran the corn dog with ketchup and mustard on it in my buddy's living room. Literally doing the timeout signal nonstop, nonstop. I didn't know the rules. I'm not supposed to. I didn't know the Chiefs would continue to get the ball because it was their first possession. Should have. But a team that didn't know that was San Francisco, a team that you beat in the Super Bowl and won a back-to-back title with. That, that to me, is why everything that you put together makes this run and this title championship kind of a little bit more sweeter than the other two. I understand if you want to go on the first one or if you want to say that the one against Philly was great too because you hate Nick Sirianni, that's fine. But this year, man, this is – this, and also to add to add two before I go to break, this was supposed to be the year that anybody else was going to win. This wasn't supposed to be the Chiefs that won this championship. Baltimore, this was your chance. Cincinnati, this was your chance. Buffalo, your chance. San Francisco, this was your chance. Now – What's that scene from Billy Madison? Now you're all in real big trouble because now the salary cap's up. Now the draft's potent. And now the Chiefs know how they can get better when they've already figured out at their worst, they can still win a Super Bowl. So good luck. Good luck, NFL. That's James. I'm Dusty. We're coming up on the other side. We'll get diving more into the after hours. Johnny Football. He sat down with Shannon Sharp on his podcast. He had something really cool to say and about another former athlete that I think gets a lot of crap, but in this situation should get a lot of praise because he did something he didn't have to do for somebody that he didn't really know at the time. Dusty Likens, that's James. This is After Hours. This is 610 Sports Radio. Blue Hawaiian, we have a definition of a blue Hawaiian. You've got to be careful about these terminologies these days, people. 816. A blue Hawaiian equals Malibu, blue Curacao, silver rum, pineapple juice, cream of coconut. Had one a few years ago in Maui and haven't looked back. Look, you were talking about float trips earlier. And when we get into the summer, like if I go down to my buddy's place at Lake of the Ozarks, I am that dude. I don't care. I'll drink rum runners, frozen drinks. I don't care what the look I get. It tastes good when it's hot. I lost my virginity from the 816. I lost my virginity on a float trip to a 40-year-old. <laughs> at what point At what point did you find out they were 40? And how old were you? I need answers. And was it the best of your life? Because I feel like there's some tea leaves within that sentence. I lost my virginity on a float trip to a 40-year-old. 816. 
I told you it gets a little bit stranger as the night goes on. Like, did she whisper, hey, I'm 40. Want to do it? And you said, well, I've never done it before. You know what she did? Follow me, young man. (laughs) I guarantee you that's what happened. You ever heard that song by Garth Brooks called That Summer? I went to work with her that summer. That's That's what that sentence is. The sweat, the moonlight, and the lace. He said I was 16. Oh, sorry, 18. I was about to say, damn, dog. That 40-year-old lady got a hold of you, huh? Mm. (laughs) I was 18. What was her name? I don't know how much more information we can get out of you, but I'm I'm interested. (laughs) Yeah. I was 18. She was 40. We had a hell of a night. Was it in or outside? Was it on the river or off the river? Were you sweaty? That's a little too much information. Anyways, back to sports. Johnny Football had a very interesting conversation with Shannon Sharp about his time in Cleveland, and there was one other athlete that really kind of helped him out, and it was LeBron James. Remember, I was in Cleveland. You know, LeBron would text me every week to come over to the house and watch a game or play poker with the boys and just tried to be there. And I was so depressed for the first time in my life that even my biggest role model and inspiration in my life couldn't get me out of bed to come and hang out with him. You know, when I went to the Cavs games, I went, I was in, I was out. I didn't really grasp and latch on um, to him in a way that I should have. And he tries to take me under his wing, right? And I'm just kind of nudging it away because of where my mental is and being just fully depressed in where I was in my life. Is that an excuse? Absolutely not. Because at the end of the day, the respect that I should have for them, giving me everything, should trump all else. The shame that I have for letting guys down like Cedric Aboye and like Jake Matthews and Mike Evans is the same shame that I carry with me to this day about letting down Joe Thomas as a guy who's in the end of his Hall of Fame career and is looking for somebody to come in and lead this team. And then you get me. That's pretty powerful. Right? And I know that there's a lot of us out there um, you know, that deal with demons, that deal with depression, that deal with issues. Uh, I can't tell you that I don't. I mean, there's times, you know, 2020 was a tough, was a tough year for me. I lost my mother. I went down a dark path of of thoughts. I didn't do anything, you know, egregiously dumb. I'm not, I'm not that way. But I I, you know, I I thought about things differently. And and to hear Johnny Manziel, who I think we're starting to get um I think we're starting to get a better understanding of what Johnny Manziel is, who he was, and who he is now. Um, you can still have your opinion of Johnny Manziel, right? You can still have, oh, he's a he's a bag. He had it all. He pissed it away. Sure. That's fine. I watched the documentary. His friends were, you know, acting like they were fake agents. That's fine. Johnny Manziel is a quarterback who at the time when I watched that documentary was saying I was making the university millions upon millions of millions of dollars, and I was seeing zero of it. And again, there's always going to be that divided argument of, yeah, you're a college athlete, college athlete. You don't, you know, but again, when you're able to bring in revenue like that, that can change your mind. When you think about numbers and you think about life, because I think there's a lot of us that go through, we can start at high school, where you have these thoughts in your head that you don't really know how to express them due to home life, due to friend life, due to whatever it is. And then you get to college and you feel a little bit more freedom. You don't have, you know, the stresses that you had in high school. You have new stresses. You have new vices. You have maybe a new friend group or, a you know, a new love interest. And then once that's over, it's kind of just like, hey, you know, figure it out. Good luck, right? Like, I got an internship at 610, and after my internship was over, the guy that was the boss at the time said, you're probably wondering why I'm not offering you a job. And I said, well, one of two things. Either you can't afford it, or I'm not good enough. And he said, well, it's neither one. I don't have any positions available. And it was just the cold, hard truth. And that's when I kind of told myself, maybe this isn't going to be my career path. This was fun, but I didn't give up. And now here we are talking. But there are some people that handle it differently. And Johnny Manziel, as you hear this, 
it didn't go well, right? Like he was blowing tons of money on cocaine to try to just feel as numb as possible. In the documentary, it said that he had purchased a gun and spent all his money in one night because he didn't plan on being up the next morning. And he was so depressed that an athlete and a superstar and an iconic figure of LeBron James, who was his childhood hero, is telling him via text message, direct line, come over to my house. Let's watch some football. Let's hang out. Let's have a good time. And there are two things that come from that. The two things that come from that are praise be to LeBron James. Because LeBron James, probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest superstar in the world, went out of his way to help someone who a lot of people had the opinion of, ah, screw him. He's throwing his own life away. Who cares? I don't care what he's doing. But Johnny Manziel was really just hurting himself because maybe other people weren't being a big friend or a big brother. And for those of you that do big brothers and big sisters, praise be to you. Fantastic work for you people. It's amazing. I've known a few people that have done it. You are saints. Because you don't know how that affects people in the long run. Might be an eight-year-old girl or an eight-year-old boy, and by the time they're 30, they'll go back 22 years and be like, man, when I was eight, I had this buddy of mine that was in a group called Big Brothers and Big Sisters. Changed my life perspective. And that's the way it goes. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just wanted to say I was in the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. Good for you. When I was young, at about nine, ten yeah. years old. The guy's name is J.R. Alvarado. I still talk to him to this day. I'm 35 years That's old. That's awesome. And, and and like that program itself, like you were saying, praise be to you guys because yeah. you don't have to do it. Yeah, you don't have to. You know, you're not obligated to it. You have no financial obligation mm-hmm. to take these kids out and provide. Um, <clears throat> a certain lifestyle and mentoring towards Mm -hmm. them. And you guys do it. So, you know, heck yeah. No, I love it. And LeBron James, even more so to bring that in. And that's the other part about that is, is that sometimes that's all it takes. And sometimes, you know, just by taking someone out of their norm who might not be showing it or telling it to you to be like, Hey, here's the deal. Uh, Not everybody's going to tell you, yeah, I'm just really down right now. You know, I'm in a dark place. I don't know how to get out of it. And if you just say, hey, why don't we just go for a drive and let's just go do something to get you out of that funk, you're winning. Whether you get them out of it or not, you've at least attempted to try to do that. LeBron James did that. LeBron James, one of the biggest superstars ever to walk God's green earth, did this for Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. And Johnny Manziel in such a dark place that he didn't even want to respond to LeBron. That'd be like if you were... 20 years old right now, going through it, and all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes is like, hey, why don't you come over and we'll watch some Royals baseball tonight. And you're so out of it that you're like, hey, thanks, Pat. You're calling him Pat, but I'm good. And he just keeps bugging you and bugging you and bugging you. And you see what this has done? Johnny Manziel is still alive. Johnny Manziel is able to talk about this story. And I find it very, very healthy and very strong and honest of Johnny Manziel to come out with this sort of stuff. Yes, a lot of you could say, oh, he's trying to write a book and make money. Oh, he's trying to get publicity. You know what he is? He's alive. He's not nose deep in some sugar trying to kill himself. So good for LeBron. Good for the good people out there in this world as we continue to keep this positivity rolling through a Friday night on After Hours. Coming up on the other side, (sighs) the Chargers are just always going to be that team. And Greg Roman had something to say that I don't understand the logistics of it because maybe you can help me out, text line, 913-586-7610. Our virginity stolen guy on a float trip is continuing to text in. I'll get you more information on what he said. I don't believe the name. Maybe you will. I'm Dusty Likens. That's James. This is 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours. I did not know that we were going to get V card stories all night tonight, but that's kind of what happens on a Friday night. Uh, I think tomorrow night is a full moon. Am I right? I think we're right now currently in in like a waning gibbous. Oh my God. Tell me I nailed that. Tell me I nailed that moon terminology. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Gibbous is when it's going full. Crescent is when it's going small. It's a full moon right now. We have a full moon tonight. 
Should have known. Full ass moon tonight. That's why we're getting virginity stories. How about that stretch of weather for the next few days? Praise be to that. 59 Saturday, 71 Sunday, 77 Monday, 83 on Tuesday, and then Wednesday, 41. But then back to 60, 64, 65, 68. Hello, spring. Love to see it. Love to see it. Um, <laughs> the, the guy that said he lost his virginity on the float trip was to a female named Carrie Ann, and it was in a tent. What time of night was it? Or was it during the day? I just want to know if we can get more information. And then immediately after we get that, a different number from the 816. I lost my virginity at 18 too. And a porta potty at Rockfest 2007. Godsmack was the headliner. Porta John? How romantic. In a porta John? <laughs> That's tough. That's tough, man. I mean, I guess if you're at that point, it doesn't matter where you get it on. I just know my first time I put some like potion down on my bed. I had it all made and nice. You know, I knew it was going to happen. And I almost ruined it because the girl, her name was Blair. She said, make sure you have your raincoat after school. I said, raincoat? It's going to be nice outside. (laughs) I had no idea that was slang for condom. But hey, here we are. Uh, 816, this is fake spring. Be careful. I don't know, man. That was a 10-day stretch where the only thing I saw was 41 in the next 12 days. But I hope you're wrong. I hope that I hope we aren't going to get hit with like some random winter storm. We always do, though, so I don't know why uh, I say we're not going to. But we went on the other side of the break. We talked about Greg Roman. Remember him, Baltimore Ravens, whatever. Well, he said, and I quote, could you imagine Justin Herbert with a great running game? Did Austin Eckler just always suck? Was Austin Eckler just never good? Wasn't he, like, really good two years ago, three years ago, and four years ago? Hasn't Justin Herbert been in the league for four years? And the quote that's full says, can you imagine, this is from Pro Football Talk, but can you imagine Justin Herbert with a great running game, Roman said Thursday via Chris Rim of ESPN, we don't know, but I can imagine what it might look like, so that's kind of the vision. In 2023, the Chargers finished with the 24th-ranked rushing attack behind Austin Eckler, who averaged the fewest yards per game of his career, 3.5, which lets you know that last year was an anomaly. Um, you go back into Greg Roman quotes. He says, I think in this league, you can really, really help dictate the defenses if you have a strong running attack. Thank you. If you really talk to most defensive coordinators in this league and got them off the, to the side when they're playing a really good running team, they're sweating a little bit. They're sleeping a little less that week. Roman's offenses are built around the run. Let me ask you something, James. Who was the offense coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens when they played the Chiefs AFC Championship game? I don't know. Greg Roman. Greg Roman. Okay. What was Baltimore's strongest suit all year long? Running the ball. What did they do against the Chiefs? They didn't run the ball. No. People were actually like questioning why, why wouldn't you run the ball? It's so interesting. And now you're saying, oh, could you imagine what it'd be like with a great, great running game? This is what's crazy to me. The, the Los Angeles Chargers will forever be this team. They'll always be the pre-hype. Oh, could you imagine blank? Well, could you imagine if the Chargers had a healthy Mike Williams every year besides a contract year? They'd be pretty good. Could you imagine if Keenan Allen was four years younger and entering his prime as a wide receiver, even though he's not? No. Justin Herbert, this is the year. This is the year he inches closer to Patrick Mahomes. This is the year they threaten the Chiefs in the AFC West for a chance to knock them off their eighth consecutive title run. No. It's not happening. And I get it. They're building their coaching staff. They're rebranding their team. But look. It ain't ever happened. It's not going to happen. He's had a running team. This just happened to be Austin Eckler's worst year as a running back. The stat was there, 3.5 yards to carry, the worst of his career. The whole preseason, Austin Eckler, I should be paid. I'm starting the running backs, you know, committee of being 
forced to take discounted payments. It's unfair. It is. You could have a tie about that. Running backs are, it's, there is a flawed system there. But to do this every year with the Chargers is just annoying. Like, instead of saying, could you imagine how good Justin Herbert would be with, an, with a good running game? How about imagine Justin Herbert being with a good head coach? Start with that. And I do think there's a little pizzazz. I think there's a little bit of a spark when it comes to the Chargers and this year because I do think that Jim Harbaugh is a huge upgrade to a Brandon Staley. Bringing in a Greg Roman or somebody like that that can help with your offense and get them on a different page. Getting rid of all that access noise. But the other big sort of key value point that we put in here is that this is now the third wave of coaches for Justin Herbert who's entering his fifth year as a starter. We know that doesn't go well when different voices continuously change inside your head. You start questioning what you're going to be good at, what you're going to, what your strong suits are going to be. Well, this worked. Well, this isn't this team, this scheme this year. This is a new time. But it just, mm, just tough. Just tough to see. 745 on a Friday night. I'm Dusty Likens. That's James. We have the out of left field question coming up at eight o'clock. We come back on the other side. We'll continue after hours and discussing sports before we take a good 15 minutes to just bring everybody back in. And yes, apparently it's how you lost your virginity night on the text line. The 913-586-7610. We've got a story that goes back to 1987. That's the year I was born. I'm a little confused if my dad is texting into this show. That's not a joke. That's a serious thing. I hope that's not you, Dad. 913-586-7610. James Dusty, After Hours 610 Sports Radio. From the 620. I lost mine in 1987. I was 17 years old underneath the bleachers at East High School in Kansas City, Missouri. Good for you. Hell yeah. You know? Under the bleachers? God, dog, man. Somebody says. Oh my gosh, that porta potty story dude should have to give his V card back after sharing that nastiness. Hey, when you're when you're ready and you you know you're ready, you'll find the spot. But I didn't know that's where we were gonna get at tonight. But a Porta John at a Rockfest concert just screams like you'll never forget that day. Like I bet you still remember the smell of that Porta John. Because there's nothing worse than when I'm out at St. Joe and uh, you have to use the restroom because it's so hot that I'm just like pounding water the whole way down there, the hour and 15-minute drive up north. And then I get there and I'm like, I always forget this isn't a golf course. I can't just go behind the oak tree. I got to go use the portal potty. Oh, good Lord. And sometimes a big burly dude comes out of there and you know he wasn't going number one. Portal potties are, to me, one of the scariest places on earth. Haunted house. First time going to a girlfriend's parents' house. Porta John. You don't do haunted houses? No. Hell no. Absolutely not. Me either, bro. I went to two haunted houses in my entire life. I went to the edge of hell, and I went to the beast. That's why I wanted the Royal Stadium to be down there because I went to the edge of hell when I was like seven and I made my dad carry me out. That's right. I was so terrified. And then I went to the beast because back in the day when you were a little radio listener, you used to call into the top eight at eight on Mix 93.3 and they would give away Halloween themed haunted house tickets. And I got on there. And I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Rocket and Teresa. I don't know who it was. And I remember I won two tickets to a haunted house. And the only reason I wanted to win those tickets is because all my friends went and bought tickets. And they were like, I can't believe tickets to the haunted house are 40 bucks. 
40 bucks would have wiped my allowance out when I was like 15. Didn't have a job yet. Wasn't 16. Wasn't the summer, so I couldn't keep score of men's slow pitch softball. That's the first job I ever had, by the way. And I remember I won two tickets, and the first thing I saw, James, was a man dressed up as Beetlejuice, and a rat came out of his mouth. And at that very moment, I prayed, and I said, Dear Lord, I appreciate you looking after me. Could you do it a little bit more tonight, and why on earth would you lead me here? (laughs) I had no idea. The first thing I saw, dude, was a guy dressed up as Beetlejuice, let alone on stilts, and a grown-ass rat crawled out of his mouth. I don't mess with rats. I don't mess with mice. I don't mess with rodents. I don't mess with Beetlejuice. And that's the first thing I saw at the haunted house was a man dressed as Beetlejuice with a rat coming out of his mouth. So I went to the edge of hell. Not good. I got lost in the beast. Yeah. The jungle. Oh. I went, I went when I was about nine, and I uh, also have a traumatizing experience uh-huh. because I went when I was about nine, and the guy that I went with uh, was a Marine. Oh, perfect. And, and he was um, the one watching over us. Of course. Oh, man, he had a, a bad fear of snakes. I can get on this story because I have one, too. Well, I... Uh, we're we're going through it, mm-hmm. and next I know thing exactly you know, what you're about to talk about a snake drops from the floor, absolutely, just, or not. from the ceiling, absolutely not. And I see this guy, like I said, I'm about nine years old, and I see this guy <laughs> that uh, is supposed to be this big bad marine, and it's supposed to be the yep. guy watching over me and, uh-huh. and protecting me. Snakes do this to you, by the way. And I seen him scream like a nine year old girl and yep. hit the floor, <laughs> rolling around. Yep. And that was a big note for me. Like, yeah, at no. that point, I was like, I'm done with this. No. I got so spooked out on the beast that I couldn't go down the slide. Because that's everybody's favorite part. You get the piece of wax paper, you go down the slide, and it's over. It's like four stories. And I got to a point my legs locked. And my legs have only locked three times in my life. Once, when I tore my ACL outside my buddy's house. Two, at a haunted house. And three, the best lay of my life. Okay. Okay. And she, she did it. They just they just locked. Uh, I, and I uh, and uh, <laughs> and so I got to the point. And the guys were like, "Come on!" And I'm like, "No." They're like, "Come on, come on!" And then all of a sudden, my friends are like, "Dusty, go!" So then what happens? Well, all the scary people are like, "Come on, Dusty, go!" Like that's a terrible sure. impersonation. But now they know my name, and I just was like, "I'm not going. Yeah. I'm not going." So then this guy comes up. He goes, "All right, come here, man. Come on." I don't know why he sounds like Satan from South Park, but that's what it sounded like to me at the time. He's like, come on, man. Let's, there's a door here. You can just go down the stairs. Yeah. Idiot. I'm like, hey, screw <laughs> you, devil. You know, I don't know who you are. I just saw a Beetlejuice eat a rat. And by the way, the tech side knows I'm not a liar. The guy with the rat still hangs out there. See? I'm 36. That was 21 years ago. This man's still eating rats dressed up as Beetlejuice. Ah. <laughs> oh. Dude made many faint. Like, you got to take, if that's the way the haunted house starts, I don't want to know what the introduction looks like. Because it's always like a musty smell because, you know, someone's farted because they're nervous. There's no windows. And then it starts. You get to the lobby. It's all nice. It's lit up. And then you get into haunted houses, man. Absolute. I'm already claustrophobic. Hi, I'm Dusty Likens, and I'm I'm claustrophobic. Straight up. I get to an elevator, like when I've gone to cover Chiefs games, it's the end of the game. I'll go down to the media room. That's my job to cover. I'll go down with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. I don't care if they're down by three and they're driving. Because when it's over and that elevator goes, I've seen the movie Speed. Somebody says, was the best lay when you lost your virginity? No. That was probably one of the worst. The worst. Because I was so scared. I'm like, man, if she gets pregnant, I'm only 16. Well, that, and you you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) Nah, dude. You you have no experience. You're just hoping to to find the right spot. I looked like a hot hot dog, man. I was just on my back, bond out, just, all right, what do we do now? She said, don't worry, I'll take control. I said, all right. And in four seconds, I got laid. (laughs) (laughs) It's 8 o'clock. We do the out of left field question tonight. The question is because of Twitter went nuts today with this random poll. 
It's not a virginity thing. This is, is after hours on a Friday, full moon. It's a little, it's a little naughty tonight. Um, what's the best place that you go to use your vice? Whether your vice is a drink, whether your vice is a smoke, whether your vice is a toke, whatever it is, where do you go to get away to enjoy your vice? 913-586-7610. Where's your place to get away and enjoy your vice? That's James. I'm Dusty. The number you need to know for the out of left field question, 913-586-7610. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. We'll get into the out of left field question, 913-586-7610. I used to work for Johnny on the spot back in 2000 cleaning portable toilets, and it was a great job, but it would pay very well, about 1200 a week. And I always said, it's a blank job, but somebody's got to do it. Porta potty at a music four day music festival is the worst thing in the world, no doubt about it. I can't believe the guy that dressed up as Beetlejuice and eats rats. Still goes there, but it's eight o'clock after hours. James, out of left field question. <laughs> I feel like this is really going to get naughty, and I'm not trying to do it. I'm not trying to get there. I'm trying to just have a good, fun show and be entertaining. And I can already see the top top three texts. You're going to get me in trouble with the boss. Because for those of you um, that don't know, the boss, I feel, keeps a very close eye on me. Um, the only reason I know that is because we've had a couple of instances where we've had emails get sent out to everyone in the station at 610. And sometimes the example in the email of what not to do says Dusty Likens had a problem the other day or had an issue the other day where he said this. Try to avoid that. <laughs> Sorry. Somebody did text in earlier today. Not that I made this up. Some people will probably think that I did. Although somebody did say Doobie D and Bink ain't no better way to start the weekend. I didn't know I went by Doobie D, but whatever. That's kind of tight. I guess. Um, And then somebody from the 816 said, who is the most entertaining host on 610 and why is it Dusty? Well, thank you. I think there's a lot of entertaining hosts on here. But again, tonight's out of left field question because on Twitter today, it kind of took the world by storm randomly. Sometimes that can happen with like random questions or things that pop up and this one just said one of the biggest debates of all time what are you taking best place to drink a beer and it had all these spots and I thought okay that's good but not everybody drinks beer or some people listen to the show might not be drinking currently or maybe they've given it up or maybe there's a life circumstance where they don't do it and you know maybe you have a different vice that lets you relax lets you get away whether it's you know hitting the old devil's lettuce or the spicy cabbage maybe it's drinking a glass of vino maybe it's having a cup of coffee or a hot tea or a hot toddy or a medicine ball from starbucks and you just want (sighs) to where do you go where's your spot for your vice 913-586-7610 james i do this every night that we do this either you can defer or you can accept would you like to go first or would you like to kick off to the opposing team um, I'll go first. I have no problem uh, taking the lead on this one. Okay. Um, I'm not a drinker, like I said earlier in the yeah. show, but I do have a vice. Um, so my favorite place mm-hmm. to partake in my vice, which I'm sure you'll be able to guess what it might be, mm-hmm. um, is right on my couch mm. with maybe a bag of Doritos next to me. Okay. And some you get hungry? cheese dip <laughs> and, and some Dave Chappelle on the 65-inch. I just sent Carrington an Instagram uh, DM last night of a Chappelle skit I saw the other night, and it was when they did the wife swap but husband swap. Sure. And he goes over as, like, the black dad in the white suburban family, and the kid's like, can I call you daddy? And he's like, only your, only only mom can call me that. <laughs> and he, like, gives her a hug, and he's like, mm, I don't smell dinner cooking. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
913-586-7610. Where's your spot for your vice? Uh, somebody says the garage where the AM radio is on and the old flat screen exists. That's nice. I know that's Binkley's spot. He's got a little chair posted. Mine is is clearly obvious for those of you that list this. It's just the patio. There are times where, you know, I'll think to myself too much during a day. I'll do this show. I'll drive home and I'll be like, oh, man, it's finally Friday. It's 55 degrees outside. I can put a, you know, a jacket on or if I've just gotten a fresh fade on my hair, I have to put a beanie on because it's just bare skin back there. But I'll sit there and I'll relax, play music and think about good times. That's just where I go. And that's where a glass of Pinot Noir gets poured or a glass of Miller High Life gets poured. No Doritos, no cheese dip, but other other vices that could lead to that might find their way to the patio. 816, nothing beats a beer in my pool after I've mowed the yard. You are not lying. And I don't know if I've gotten to that point yet, but I've, I've lost, I think, enough weight to where, like, I can now officially take the shirt off after I mow. I think I'm still, like, 15 pounds away from being able to mow without a shirt and have people not drive by and be like, dude, come on. Come on. Come on. Put a shirt on. Um, but, man, there is nothing better because I've got a couple buddies that have pools, and there is nothing better, man, than when it's, like, 94 degrees and you mow at, like, 11 o'clock, and by the time it gets to noon and you're done or 12.30, 1 o'clock and you're done, and it's, like, 98, and your buddy sends a text, like, when are you guys coming over? Now. <laughs> right now. Like, right ass now I'm coming over. Somebody says from the 913, my bathtub with headphones and a VR on. Come on. We're taking the VR into the bath. And when I say VR, I don't need to tell you what they're watching. You know what they're watching. Nastiness. You know, this is my, uh, this is my first Friday night show with you. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't realize it got so crazy up in here. Welcome to it. <laughs> Are you going to put in the request to the boss? Hey, can I just keep working Friday nights? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, no, Fridays are fun. I, I'll definitely lock up Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Enjoy Vice at the drive-in movie. That's tight. I didn't think about that. I uh, Last time I went to a drive-in movie, I was a kid. It was a double feature. It was, I believe, I don't remember the two movies. I remember one. It was Free Willy, and I, not a porn movie. Uh, and it was the, the original, like, 93 movie. And I bawled my eyes out at the end. And so then my sister started bawling her eyes out, too. And my parents, we had to leave, and they were so just, like, embarrassed because here we are, like, he's not going to see Willie anymore. Like, we're just crying, like, horrifically crying. And my parents just like, oh, my gosh, they're so dramatic. If they could only see us now. Um, VR chat from the 913. What's going on with VR? Somebody from the 970, Dustman, roll up a couple joints, drink some beers on the stoop. Somebody says, bro, screw them people. Mow without the shirt on, big dog. It's glorious. No, I'm not worried about whether people think of me. I'm just afraid I'd cause a wreck because my skin complexion is the same color as an Elmer's glue bottle. I don't want a glare to cause something big. What in the, you know? I don't... What's a stoop? Is that like your front porch? Stoop kid never leaves his stoop? Yeah. Shout out Hey Arnold. Yeah, you ever watch Hey Arnold? Yeah. Yeah. Stoop kid never leaves his stoop. And then Gerald tried to mess with him, and that was the worst thing he could ever do. 913-586-7610. Out of left field question. Where's your vice place? Yeah. My stepmother Mary chimes in just heard the question I was a little behind I would say Andre's on the plaza look at you getting fancy Mary going to the plaza I used to love well I guess I'll do it more often in the in the summer um big happy hour guy you know, 
That's always a good vice. As tan as a urinal. Yeah, that's about me, man. And then I'm just golf tan guy in the in the summer. That's what another reason. I don't want to look like Hank Hill mowing the yard. But, man, I don't know. We could almost change this. Like, you were talking about how, like, on the float trips when it gets really hot and you crack open that nice, fizzy little, you know, white claw, whatever it is, high noon. You ever played golf a bit hotter in hell? And someone goes, hey, I got a couple of white claws in the bag. You want one? Yes. Yes. Just across the state line gambling money I can't afford to lose. Heard that. Heard that. I lost last night to Caitlin Clark. I hit over on 34 and a half. She had 22 points going into halftime. Scored two points the rest of the game. And they were upset by Stanford. No, they were upset by, yeah, Stanford. I think it was Iowa Stanford last night on the road. Number four goes down. Yeah, there's a lot of vices people can have. Sometimes it's just, you know, a, a, a thing of ice cream. I see this all the time. There's a Dairy Queen close to my house in downtown Lee Summit. It's so crazy to see this almost all the time. I'll walk after my side gig, and I'll have like two and a half hours uh, between both jobs, so I know I can get it done in like 30 minutes. And I'll walk, and there'll be like some little old lady sitting in her car in the parking lot of a Dairy Queen just eating an ice cream. And I'm like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. That's your... That's your little, you know, that's your getaway. And the way they eat it off the spoon, you know it, it means something. When they, when, you, know, you know what I mean? When you put the spoon in and then you turn it 180 and then pull it out, there you go. Or the tongue hits, and that's how they eat it. And that's how I know that Florence, who's sitting in that parking lot eating that whatever, that's her cigarette because she's about to go home to Harold and he's going to be grouchy and she doesn't want to deal with it. But you know what? She's had her ice cream. Praise be. Man cave in my unfinished basement. Couch, projector, just ignore the HVAC. Man cave in an unfinished basement. Like that. Guarantee that place is cool. Go down there on a summer night about 930. I guarantee you that place feels real nice. But yeah, to me, my vice place is a, is a nice cold refreshment. Maybe a little schwilla and a patio. And if I'm really feeling myself, I got these nice little lights that go around the patio. I'll turn those on. But sometimes I don't want to be that exposed. I kind of want to be like Batman in the da- in the dark. But you'll know I'm there because you'll just hear like a, you know, every like 30 minutes. Oh, he's still out there. You can hear him. Or that dude from Animal Planet or our planet. Here comes the oversized male once again. And he's got his prey. Uh, church bingo. That's their vice. That's good. Praise be. The lake. Chilling with a cold beer and fishing rod in the water as the sun sets. Love that. Man, I miss my lake house. I had so many great memories at my lake house. Oh, I miss that place. Shout out Shell Knob, Table Rock Lake. A lot of memories there. You want to talk about virginity and fun. But what, st- what happens at the lake stays at the lake, and this is after hours, and the chief schedule is out, and we'll talk about who we think is the most prone-to-be favorite game to start the season next year because you'll blink your eyes, and week one of the 2025 season will be here. Who will the Chiefs play? The options are there. James and I will discuss what we think will be the week one opponent for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is after hours. That was the out-of-left-field question. We've got 45 minutes left. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio. 